John Hebert. <laughs> Are we doing it? Look at it? that. We're doing it. Yeah, I, I hit record when I was making fun of myself for Patreon. Okay. So uh, it's been a little break from the podcast, and uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it because I wanted to actually um, – man, I wanted to build my business, and I wasn't going to do that doing the podcast. So now I, now I don't feel like I'm in survival mode. So here we are. I want to get back to my roots. So um, I had to like come to a vision, Scott. I don't know if you've hit this point. Maybe you already had a vision. You did a lot of things in a different order than I did. So I kind of want to bounce some ideas with you since this is failing forward episode something, maybe. <laughs> and uh, But ultimately, I, well, I, but ultimately, too, I think it was one of those things that we talked about this a little bit before, but it's one of those things that, you know, we were trying to do this show and to do it right weekly it needed to come out weekly and I wasn't I wasn't really getting it done. And it was frustrating for you and it was kind of frustrating for me. Um and I wasn't really taking it seriously and I was kind of being a child. And um so I appreciate you still working with me, Scotty Too Hottie. No or Scotty McHottie, as Nathan Burns <laughs> says. Um and uh so ultimately it's it was our it's it's this is our third season since we first started doing this the season's the season's over i have two farmers markets left but i I mean at this point i mean that's not where most of my money comes from it's extra money um you don't even do farmers markets no so we talked at the beginning of the season we did a live episode my internet was shitty kept cutting out so how did your season go? So just to do a recap, so I posted it before. You sold your you sold your house, you sold your share of the land to your brother. Um mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, so you wouldn't have to work a job anymore. So that was like your biggest expense. You're like, fuck this, I'm going um, all in. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't really why, but that is kind of what happened. You know what I mean? That was like a byproduct yeah. of me selling my house, is that I didn't have those bills, but I didn't sell it necessarily to um to go full-time you know what i mean yeah but i i think maybe it was a conscious thing you didn't consciously do it but you're like oh shit now i don't have to do this full t- like now i can do this full time oh no 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 oh no, no no it was it was thought out like it was i was cognizant of what was happening for sure um like it, i'm not gonna say it wasn't a factor but i'm just that wasn't really the main factor but yeah that definitely is what happened now i just have my living expenses basically like as low as they can possibly be right now so it's cool. I bet farming life is a lot more fun this year. Yeah, it, yeah, way more fun. How about for you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, definitely. I think. I mean, there's still. I mean, man, like because I am not. I'm not the same kind of man's man you are. Like I can't build things, <laughs> and I can't. Uh, I'm not a guy that. Uh, there are certain things that like had to happen with Rich and I. I mean, like so. It'd be one thing if we lived in separate homes and we were doing a business together and working together, but when you live together, work together, there's a lot of trials and tribulations, and it kind of got to the point to where I realized that I was so focused on not owning a job that I was missing the point of what I was actually doing. And it's mm-hmm. it was one of those things to where... um Man, like I am just a stubborn jerk sometimes, and it was it was refreshing. We Rich and I had to sit down. Um, we had a mediator, and uh, it was actually really nice. And it was some things that I realized I was just really messing up. Is like 
I got so focused on sales, dude, because last season when it ended, I had three restaurants. I was selling microgreens at 16 bucks a pound, and they weren't ordering much. I mean, they were one was um, one was ordering about uh, six pounds a week. Another was three pounds a week. One was double the price of the others because it was micro cilantro. And another one was like one pound a week. So I didn't have a lot of money. So then I had to go into um, a winter farmer's market, which wasn't that great. Like it was this cool concept because it was in a brewery. But the area that it's in, the concept didn't necessarily fit the area. So the area that is open to what knows what microgreens are, and it's a lot less explaining and stuff like that, that was not the part of the city to where the winner's market was. So it was like, okay, so I have to really double down and focus on getting restaurants. Um, and so like I, I did, I, I kind of, it was, I was kind of, I was delivering a lot of pizza cause I had to, and thankfully I had that opportunity um, to, to do that and get a 1099. So I wouldn't have to break my promise to myself to never be a W2 employee again. And the owner, it's a small business, and he wanted to buy the micro cilantro from me too. And it was just one of these things where it's like, well, look, I can't really, I can't really add more indoor shelving units with just like a, you know, a ten ounces of micro cilantro a week. Like I need significantly more. So what had happened was, is just from my loose network and just really focusing on taking care of those existing customers I had, getting to know everyone in the restaurant, the bar manager, everyone that I that I came interacted with, I have a relationship with, right? So from that, that spread to another restaurant, which was more than double the order of everything else. And then it just continued to spiral, like restaurants from other, employees from other restaurants continued to go forward and they would go to other restaurants I'd get in or people would want to like basically help me and share me a chef said, you need to raise your prices. So I did. And it, and it just kept working out. Now I'm up to 16 restaurants. And nice. that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, but now it's like, no, I got to spend all this money because I'm moving stuff indoors and I don't have the inner infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But now like the nice thing, yeah. Scott, is like I went from taking my job money and just blowing it on farming without actually having a business, buying stuff I might not have needed because I didn't know what my context was to, um, using the money I was saving for taxes and then doing my tax returns be like, Oh, I don't know anything. So I can just use this money and put it back in the business to now. Mm-hmm. It's like now the business is paying for everything. And yeah. I, like, I'm not taking back a lot of money. It's kind of like, it's interesting because you and I talked about profit first and I was like, you know, it's really tricky to determine like with scalability, like how much to spend. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that, you know, man, I don't need a lot. Like my mortgage isn't much, um, I don't have very high expenses. I'm, I'm thankfully in this weird spot in, in America and real America to where cost of living isn't that high. I can cash flow a lot of things. And then ultimately I'm just doubling down on the skills that I took from corporate America and just applying it to my business. So now this article's come out and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future. And now it's like, it's kind of like, um, I don't, like I'm not gonna rest on my laurels. Like I'm, I'm actually doubling down. Like I'm actually doing a lot more work on the farm, um, doing a lot of crappy work. Um, but really, I'm trying to get to the point to where um, Rich is just doing high end, sophisticated labor in a sense of planning, building stuff that needs built. Like I mean, like the grow room we're in. Like we have a planting table now. I mean, it just things look totally different from when you came here and visited. 
And um, now, like, we're, we're building all these raised beds to deal with the microgreen waste because I, I have to buy a pallet of soil every six weeks. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, I, and I don't want to throw away the peat. I don't want to throw – I mean, that's good soil. And now it's like – so we're, the business is evolving. I don't know what it's evolving into, but I'm staying dynamic and I'm staying – and I'm paying attention. And I'm kind of – and it's kind of evolving to the fact where chefs really want to come here now and now the weird stuff that Rich wants to grow, maybe perennial vegetables or herbs or, or other stuff that I don't know how to market, I can get in with microgreens, build a relationship and say, yeah, just come to the farm. And then Rich can give him a tour, have him taste stuff, do the stuff Rich likes to do and put Rich in the ultimate zone of where Rich is going to excel. And, and we can be in a position to really win and I think still disrupt this food system and just just really get into why I started this farm and, and I have a lot of fun doing it, man. So I think, you know, taking away, I think I, I need to, um, I need to really start partnering with other farmers. Um, I, you know, I, I actually really partnered up with the other microgreens grower and I don't know if we talked about this, but he's kind of like the local mentor and he is selling to grocery stores, but I think I, I do need to be dynamic in the sense of be prepared to, if things, if the market shifts, to be able to move into grocery stores. And I think now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from, you know, our, our friend Nicholas Taleb, whose books we've both read, and, like, think about how can I make this business the most anti-fragile. And, um, you know, one thing that I like is that I am year-round, so I'm always around, which is great. I'm always good at building relationships, keeping the relationships going. But it's also, you know, if the market shifts, can I shift with it? And I think that's 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 the biggest thing I'm focusing on. So... Now that I had you on my show so I could talk at you, Scott, what is going on <laughs> with been, you? You're it's only been 20 minutes, bro. It's only been 20 minutes, you know, and uh, I've, I've, I've done a whole lot of telling you about what I have going on, but I don't know what's going on. So, I, you know, I try to watch your videos and I think those are, those are going great. I know Curtis has been down there a lot, but I really want to know, um, you know, grocery store business, what's changing in your business? Um, I know that you were, you were, you were, you were doing really well last month. What it, you know, some things that I'm thinking about is, you know, you, you thought you had talked about the last time you were on the show about possibly moving the location of your beds to a different part of the land of your family's land. Um, and you also talked about uh, different things. I know you wanted to, to possibly do winter gardening. You get a lot more sun than I do. So I think you have a lot better. No, we don't. You don't. Okay. So we get, no, way less, no, we get way less time. I don't get a lot of sun for the winter, so I don't. So I, I um, I'm higher north than you, and we get lots of rain during the winter time. So it's like always, it's like we get very short sunlight hours, and yeah. then when it is sunny, it's raining. So that means it's overcast. So is it different than Curtis's climate? Um, yeah, Curtis's is like Curtis. They'll have a lot more. They'll have a lot more open sky, but they also will get cooler. We don't get as cold, um, but you don't also. But you clouds. also get less sun. We get. Yeah, less sun and more rain. So yeah, it's not as hot, but it's not as cold, but it's um, it's wet. Yeah, but I mean, so if you're if you're growing in hoop houses and stuff, and you have sun, theoretically, it doesn't really matter how cold it is outside if you're getting enough sun, because there's things you can do within yeah. hoop houses. And I think right. so. I think like that's the biggest thing that obviously we all want to be like Elliot Coleman and do the winter garden stuff, but I, I don't think. You know, he did it in Maine, so I mean, if he was doing it, but at the same time, it's like, man, like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what I would do if I was in your shoes. Like, I, it's scary to me to, 
tell a customer, hey, I'm going to be gone for three months and then come back and hope that relationship is still good. Because, I, I, you know, coming from a sales world where what have you done for me lately in telecommunications, I, that is a hard thing to shake. And I mean, so did you run yeah, I'm, in- not too, I'm not I'm not worried about it. So um, you you, did, you haven't run into any problems with your grocery stores or anything. And well, how how have you expanded your business? Let me let you just talk, and I'll shut the hell up. Keep going. Um, I went got into another. Gr- so last year I did two grocery stores. This year I got into another store and I started selling to an aggregator. Um, and then another restaurant came and found me, and then uh, I started selling to them. That's 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 my expansion. So how many pounds? I mean, so what are your main crops? Is it still salad and what? Are, yeah, lettuce, lettuce, spinach, lettuce and spinach. Are you doing yeah, any root pretty, crops or anything? No root crops. No, no, no root crops. Just um, lettuce, spinach, arugula, and red Russian kale, and some pea shoots, but not too many. So you cut out radish totally from microgreens, just pea shoots. Oh yeah, I didn't grow any radish last year already. Huh. We didn't really talk yeah. last year, Scott. We uh, we were <laughs> we were getting to work, man. You're busy farming. Yeah, man. I and I was busy trying to figure out how to be an adult. You're busy farming. Um. So uh, so okay. So, how many restaurants and grocery stores do you have? Uh, two restaurants, three grocery stores. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. It's like uh, I still need to expand more next year, but. This was good for this season because I had a whole bunch of infrastructure projects and stuff to do. I built like a washing station and um, re-roofed this barn. And so I really didn't think I was going to get pumping on my production until like the middle of the summer. Yeah. And then um, then my wisdom teeth um, got all fucked up. So I felt pretty slow for like uh, most of August. Um, so I didn't really pick up sales so much. It kind of just stayed like, like pretty steady. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And then I picked up this aggregator. Uh, sometime at the beginning of August. And so that will be a, a bigger one next year, but I didn't really have enough stuff um, to keep supplying them right now. How much, uh, how many pounds of everything were you moving a week? Do you know? Um, no, I don't know off the top of my head. It's kind of weird to think uh, about. It's um, it's kind of like people ask you for pounds and you just make sure you have it and then you track it with invoices. But then it's like, how much are you selling? Well, I'm doing... Yeah. Well, I'm doing five ounce bags. Okay. So I'm not doing pounds. Like most of my sales are five ounce bags. How many right? kilograms? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how, many, point two. <laughs> how many five ounce bags? So were you moving, do you think on average to each grocery store? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Maybe like five or 600 a week. Five or 600 five ounce bags. That's a lot, dude. That's good. Let's see. I'm gonna do some math. Five. Let's get the calculator out. Yeah. Right. Six hundred divided by sixteen. A hundred and eighty-seven and a half pounds. If you're doing six hundred of those five ounce bags. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Because That's I was doing. Because I was doing, I would like a one bed of um two beds of lettuce and two beds of spinach, pretty much. A little under that. How many, um, how, how long were the beds? 50 foot. 50 foot. So, so you were getting that much a week. At, oh, okay. But you had them staggered. I get a pound a foot. A pound a foot? Uh, yeah, like a pound a foot for greens. So um, one bed would be about 50 pounds. That's why I try to make off of one bed. And then, so that would be two beds of lettuce would be 100 pounds. And two beds of spinach would be another 
um, hundred pounds, right? So then that yeah. would be my that would be my two hundred pounds for the week. How many beds were you playing? Like how much? How much? Um, how long did it take you to 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 stagger the planting to keep up? Did you pretty much um, have that worked out last year? Um, n- kind of. Um, I could have had more stuff planted out at the end of the year. That's when I kind of fucked up. Like right now, I should have had more stuff. Um, I should have had about twice as more much stuff that I planted out right now. Like my second last planting of the year. Um, I should have planted out more stuff, but the rest of the year was was pretty good. Um, I kind of had like a little bit too much in the spring, which I wanted so that I could push sales. And then I wanted to keep having too much for the entire year. But what happened was um, the grocery stores started increasing um, what they were taking from me. And so that kind of gobbled up all my extra stuff. So then I took on the aggregator and that just um, kind of ate up everything. I'd rather say no to a customer than... <laughs> and I have to beg people to buy my stuff, though. I mean, no, no. I would rather have. I would rather have just. I would rather have like twenty five percent too much stuff, and then just compost it. Really? Instead of worrying about. Selling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Way more, man. Yeah, it's not fun leaving money on the table. Yeah, I've never had to say no to anybody, but I also no. I agree. It's not fun to leave money on the table, but I think it's it's like for me, it's like it's important to try to. I don't know, man. It's it's different because like. Shifting the microgreens mean like I need 10 days pretty much. And I know exactly like every week when we plant, I know what it is. Anything extra, I can take the farmer's market and I can hustle. So it's a, it's a different situation. So to me, if I can't move it at the farmer's market and I can't move it at restaurants, um, like honestly, until like this, like the season ended, I, I, I think I'd compost like 10 pounds and I was basically, I'd have extra stuff and I'd see what I could do to move it and I'd manage to move it. Um, but, you know, it's, um, that, that actually makes a lot more sense. I think if I had field crops and I was specifically focusing on field crops, I, I think I'd want extra. And, but I, I, I think I still have this weird thing about not wanting to waste food. Yeah, um, that's dumb. That's dumb. It's not it's yeah i think that's really i i I hear people um saying similar things where they have that mentality of like that the crops are going to go bad or something but i don't really see it as wasting food um you need to you're running a business you need to produce it yeah it's not it's not like it's not that everything that you can grow is going to go to towards people like you need to you need to grow the maximum that you can so that you can move the most, right? Like the game Absolutely. is the game is selling the most high profit stuff. It's not it's not trying to not let any go to waste. Obviously, you would want to sell the most high profit stuff and not have any waste. That would be the most ideal situation. Um, but yeah, if I have to choose between having too much stuff and not having enough, um, I've done not having enough t- two years in a row, and that was, like I'm just like I'm over it. <laughs> so you were you were struggling to meet demand two years in a row. Uh, yeah, but That's last great. year was more, yeah, kind of, I still need to make more money though. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like, but okay, I, I think, it's not, I think it's, it's a good, it's, it's good to know worst. that the money's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Versus yeah. The first year where it was like, yeah, I did this farmer's market and nobody showed up and yeah. it, it was just like one of those things to where, um, like, I don't know. I think, I think it can get defeating. I feel like 25% is probably a healthy number to compost because it's like if you're composting 50%, I feel like there's a it's harder to to shut out that voice. Like it's harder to shut out the fact that it's like okay, what am I doing? I'm growing too much. I'm not selling enough. You know what I mean? I think it's easier to get on the wrong side for a mm-hmm. lot of people that get into farming cuz I 
you know, man, a lot of people, they're not, man, it's just, okay. So my experience of trying to work with other farmers, uh, dealing with chefs, that the, the reason why it was so easy for me to get in with chefs and get referred so quickly was because I focused on the relationships. I focused on if I said I was going to be somewhere, I'd be there. If I, if, if I said I could have a crop and I couldn't, I would tell you before. Because it's ultimately, you know, it's, it's easy. Like what I see a lot of farmers do is they'll, they'll, get, they'll be working with a chef and if they can't meet an order, instead of just going and communicating with them, they just don't talk to them. And mm-hmm. I, do, I don't understand why you would do that. Like if some travesty happens to where your crops are all wiped out from a bad rainstorm or a hailstorm or something crazy that happens, they would want to know that. And then honestly, they're going to want to work with you. They're going to say, you know, thanks for telling me. And hey, that really sucks that that happened to you. If there's anything I could do to help you, let me know because you're the little guy and I want to help you. And that's Definitely. and and I think it's it's just so weird to me, um and and I think I mean there's a lot of opportunity. It's kind of weird, like you know I've I've put the cart before the horse a lot with like all these ideas with what I want to do, um whether it be aggregating or creating a co-op or something, but you know it, it man, the thing with all businesses it takes time, and one thing I had to learn quick was that you can't substitute sweat equity with with capital. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a certain point to where you just have to get to work. And you would try to tell me that, and I wouldn't necessarily listen to be like, oh, fuck you, Scott, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, okay, no, like, I can't, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, 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 there's some pain that you have to suffer, and there's some time that you have to serve. And I think that if you, if you try to skip that step, it, it's not going to end well. And I think, especially in farming, because you work with nature, man, like, things take time. I mean, it, it, you know, you can have an idea of what you want to do in that business, and this is something, you know, we learned sitting in all those courses at Permaculture Voices and all these classes. And I don't know about you, man, but I think about that stuff all the time. It's like, oh, that's what Curtis is talking about. Oh, that's what Chris Thoreau was talking about. Oh, that's what that person was talking about. Because now I've actually experienced the proper context to to actually put it into place. And it's like, okay, I remember this now. So this is this is what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think about stuff all the time like that, for sure. Yeah. Really like realizing what stuff means and why you shouldn't do stuff a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I try, I try to, I try to be more proactive though, um, a lot more now. Like I think I was a lot more paralysis by analysis before, and now I'm just like, let's do stuff and then fix what I've done. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to do with planning. I think there's like the happy medium of planning ahead, and I think like for me, I'm like, well, let's get this shit done, and then I have rich to bounce ideas off of. It's like, well. This is why we need to do this first. And then I'll listen to him like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that first. And so far, it really hasn't held things up. And I think because Mm -hmm. he's not driven by money at all. He's not driven by income. He's driven by efficiency. He's driven by systems and processes and getting stuff in line. And so it's it's been a it's been a good relationship. I mean, at times we get in stupid childish fights because we live together. But I think we've really tried to sort that out man just by having meetings and trying to be adults and um yeah man I'm, I'm really excited to see what next season brings i mean the um it's weird uh i was i was thinking about how can i i, I i'm so sick of doing farmers markets man because it's such a grind but then i have people that are close to me that just want to help me 
and then I just mm-hmm. want to come to the farmer's market to socialize because they do other businesses where they spend a lot of time in front of a computer and they're like, no, I just want to get out. And so it's like, okay, so a lot of this stuff is just going to work itself out because I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. And those, totally. and those solutions just come to you. So I don't know, man, I'm feeling pretty good. And it's, it's cool to see that we're both um, still doing this, man. I mean, like I, I still get emails here and there about our first year about how much I sucked ass and, you were you were kicking ass, but sales were sucking ass. Like we were sucking ass for different reasons, and then you figured out sales, and I had to figure out what it meant to do hard work. And then um, now I think we're we're kind of kind of on the other end. I think it's like you know the third year. It's like okay, now things are paying for themselves. Now we got to get over that hump, and now we can start to get paid. And I, and it's yeah. not necessarily even get paid. I mean like. Obviously, we're not going to get rich or anything, but now it's like, oh, we can save money, and now it's not. Um, <laughs> man, I hope I, I hope these checks come in. Are you totally. doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, anything else you want to add, man? I guess we could probably wrap it up what you, here. What do you know. do for winter? Just selling to restaurants, man. I got these 16 restaurants. I keep picking them up. I think we can max out 144 trays of microgreens a week. Um, cilantro is kind of tricky cause that's a two week cycle. So I figure if I can max out the grow room throughout the winter time, that's going to be more trays than I've ever grown in the season. Um, and the net, the network, the loose network that I've built through these restaurants have is getting legs. So at cool. first I was pushing really hard and I had this referral rewards program to where if I got a referral, I would give you some nice craft forest raised pork. And it's like, hey, here's some good pork that you guys don't normally get, but you're you're getting food educated, so you want to. A lot of chefs are actually pretty hip around here, which is pretty cool. And um, so they always appreciate it. So, you know, they always do a lot of restaurants. They'll do like a, they'll cook for like the staff meal before they come in. And so um, it's really cool for them to use that pork. And they say, yeah, our microgreens guy came. And I've had like, I've had these guys that work at the restaurants like, man, I don't want to sound silly, but you're like the drug guy that comes, or the weed guy that comes <laughs> yeah, in, but you're the microgreens right. guy. The greens dealer. Yeah, you're the greens dealer. And so um, I was at uh, this one restaurant that I'm in. Is yeah, kind of, I say that all the time. I tell people I'm a greens dealer, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah, a, I'm, I'm a dealer. I'm going to yeah, create a green. business card just dealer, you know? Yeah. Not even greens. I, you know, I'm trying to get into other entrepreneurial things, whether it be comedy or something else. And then... Um, so yeah, so the winter time, it's just keep keep doing these restaurants. Um, I just picked up a sous chef, became an executive chef, and it was from that restaurant that was ordering the most. Um, and now he's ordering a lot. I'm going to follow up with him tomorrow. One thing I want to say that uh, chefs, don't email chefs. Um, chefs are not email people. Usually they're getting, at least not in Ohio. I can speak from Columbus, Ohio, my experience uh, they are guys that where they get uh, talked to by management and owners like, oh, did you check your email? No. They're all text message people. And most chefs I work with, um, depending on their restaurants, they don't like to be text before 11 a.m. Certain ones get like to get in there early so they can go home early. Depending on the hours of the restaurant and the way it's structured, they have different – obviously, they have different um, schedules. But yeah, so that's my plan. I want to get it to the point to where everything next year that happens at the farmer's market is just bonus. That way, uh, anything rich is growing, plant-wise, anything like that, we can move. We're trying to figure out what the um, 
value add-on crops are going to be. Um, we're building all these raised beds on the property now just because we need to do something with the microgreen waste. Um, we'll probably eventually get some chickens too because I don't think we'll need feed. If we're doing 144 trays of microgreens plus, we're not going to need feed for the chickens. We have enough slugs now because we have such a nice ecological center here in the hood. It's like just going to be extra protein for the for the chickens. If we just like cut the trays and leave them out, slugs just come and crawl on top of them. So uh, that's kind of our vision right now. Um, we're still doing other stuff too. Like uh, Rich is obsessed with cleaning the alleys, which I was kind of like it's very cynical. I'm like, man, fuck these people. They don't care about what's going on here and all this stuff. And it's like, no, nah, man, you know, that's that's not my problem. Like if, if this is something we want to do, if we actually want to talk about making a difference in this community, then that's what we do. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's kind of a different thing about being an urban farmer is, you know, I'm, I'm doing this as like I've cheap land, but there's also like a responsibility. Like if I want to make a difference in this community, um, then I'm going to have to do some stuff I don't always like to do. And I'm yep. okay with it, man. And I think, uh, and it's good to have Rich around because it's one of those things, you know, how Curtis talks about keeping your ideals in your back pocket. Well, I think I had a hole in my back pocket for a while because I was so uh, so cynical. So it's nice to have Rich around to kind of remind me about, you know, what I used to talk about on the podcast before and what what I believed in, and um, and so that that's been really refreshing, man. We got new neighbors who were this young twenty six year old hipster couple who, man, before that it was a single mom with three kids who yelled at her kids, had two dogs she couldn't take care of, and. You know, so the the neighborhood is changing, and it's it's cool because I feel like we, you know we're really actually making a difference around here. It's cool, man. That's good. It's good to hear. I think so. What about you? What are you planning on in the winter time? Since I had that, you asked me a simple question. I gave you a very long, drawn out answer. Classic Drew. Classic um, Drew just screwed it up. Um, just uh, I have a part time job doing spray finishing at my old job. Um, so I'll do that a couple of days a week. And then, um, which old just job? Because you had the landscape job, you had the construction job, uh, spray finishing, like spray finishing cabinet doors. Oh, okay, okay. Which one yeah. uh, was that after the landscaping? After the golf course? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'll do that uh, a couple days a week, and then um, just make videos all winter. Cool. How do you like in yeah. the videos? Are you getting sick of it yet? Or are you still enjoying it? No, I don't get sick of it. So you really like doing that? Yeah, I like doing it for sure. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, I thought I was I thought I wanted to make videos professionally um like in 2006 yeah. and then I just never pursued it. So, um yeah. So, so do you feel like pursuing farming is kind of giving you this uh kick in the balls and opportunity? Maybe it started with MMA. Do you think like it's kind of like giving you kind of like this uh drive to become like that complete renaissance man and fulfill the vision of yourself that you had? um yeah it's kind of weird like i don't i don't really feel like that i'm chasing after an ideal um i kind of feel that i just chase after the things that i'm interested in yeah um but i guess i kind of like like it's so funny man like i'm always making fun of hippies and i'm always making fun of hipsters then i'll do something and i'm like oh maybe i am a hipster like maybe like like you know what i mean like just like rain you said that like to be a renaissance man like if someone else told me they wanted to be a renaissance man i'd be like oh man that guy's a fucking douchebag but yeah. now that like yeah. now that you say that i'm like oh <laughs> like maybe i'm the douchebag well i uh, I'm, i mean man like no, it's not it's not it's not by design but i no. definitely 
can see how someone could uh, see that. Like I like building stuff and I like doing the farming stuff and I like doing the art. So it's like I, I would really like to um, do the farming thing, make enough money to do my art. And then, um, yeah, yeah farm in the summertime, art in the wintertime. So this will be the first year that I've been able to do that since I started. So that'll be good. I'll just make lots of videos, make lots of art, um, paintings, drawings, and then, uh, yeah, just uh, keep cranking stuff out. That's dope, man. Yeah, pretty soon. It's kind of sad to say, but pretty soon that great uh, art that you gave me as part of the Kickstarter thing is going to be hanging on my wall, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't want to get too teary-eyed, but that was like a... I mean, I think that 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 hand drawing you did was something very special for me and my grandfather. Cool, man. I'm glad I could be a part of it thanks for yeah man well remember that's the cool that's the coolest part about doing shit like that um yeah it's like somebody else is having like a really nice moment and you just get to be like just you get to be a part of it you know what i mean it's like it's so funny this one this one girl i did like i've done like i've done hmm, like 1500 bucks of stuff through her and her friends like yeah. through her and like drug referrals yeah and like every time she'll like like they're mostly dog pictures i did i think i've done like three dogs and there are four dogs and a horse picture for her or for her and her friends but like um yeah like every time she texts me or calls me and says that like the person that they gave it to is crying <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> like, i'm laughing but yeah no it's nice to it's nice to be it's cool to be a part of the moment and like know that you made something that made someone else like feel yeah, man. Well, do you remember uh, we were trying to plan it? We were trying to figure out if you should bring it to Permaculture Voices because the time oh, yeah, then, of my grandfather's yeah, yeah. birthday. So then I you remember. mailed it, and then it came after like two days after I got back. We're like, whatever. Yeah. It's no big deal. We were trying to save money on postage, though, because it's expensive to go from Canada yeah. to America. Yeah, I don't America. think it was. Ex- I, think, I think we were just being cheap, and I didn't know what I was doing. No, it wasn't about being cheap. I actually recommended it because I was like, well, dude, you can save money on postage. And like, you know me, like I'm such a frugal, cheap fuck. So it's just And then I think there was something with the mailman too that you couldn't get there in time to the store. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I had a P.O. box back then because I didn't know if I could actually get mail at my house because I just moved in. I hadn't lived in the neighborhood really long enough. And uh, I, I've never had any problems with my mail. My uh, my one buddy just had some stu- shoes stolen that he had shipped to him, and that's actually in a nicer neighborhood. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I think in the same vein of what you're saying, like one thing I wanted to really focus on um, is my fitness. So I think since we started doing these shows, I'm down like 40 pounds, and I got like uh, 30 more to go for pre-corporate America weight. Um nice. So I'm not like 260. I'm in between like I fluctuate between like 255 and 265. Depends on how much alcohol I drink or how much bread I eat or something like that. But yeah, man, fitness has been. Um, you know, I had those bouts of sciatica in the last off season. I went to go get some soil, and so I was trying to be like some hard ass, and I threw three bags over my shoulder, and I felt mm-hmm. this big bout of sciatica again. Which I don't know, like the, you were in the first season where I couldn't do any work for a couple of weeks. So I was so fucked up. Until yep. I started doing DDP yoga. So then um, I found like another, I actually just been doing a ton of yoga, man, and a lot of high intensity interval training. Um, and that's, that's been, um, that's been really good for me. And I, I, I fluctuate with diet. I think sometimes I'm like trying to find this happy place to where I don't want to feel like uh, I want to make sure I can enjoy my food and I want to make sure that I have a healthy relationship and the fact that it's like, okay, I know 
I know that I don't need to eat that much, or I know that I don't need to drink that much. I know that like I don't I don't have to if I'm drinking that doesn't mean I have to get drunk, or if I'm gonna eat unhealthy it doesn't mean I have to eat. If I'm gonna eat some chips, it doesn't mean I have to eat five bags. You know what I mean, or like something like that. Or if I'm gonna eat fast food, I don't need to eat three whoppers. Not that I was ever that extreme, but just the idea of enjoying something doesn't mean you have to binge on it. And I think right. that's that's not enjoying it. That's that's you're still eating emotions or you're you're doing something else. So I, I think for me, yeah, I'm trying to get into this optimal range. So then like now it's like I'm really getting focused and rebooting the podcast. I'm really getting focused and like getting back into it. Because I think when I got laid off and after Hawktoberfest, like after you came, like I, I kinda hit this point to where it's like I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. And I was and I wasn't really as motivated. Like I'd been doing it for years. And now it's like, you know, six years I've been doing this show. And it's like, so what do I want to do? And then I was just like, I felt like life was just punching me in the face saying, look, dude, you need a vision. You need a vision. You know how to hit goals. Everything you're doing is doing well. The comedy clubs are doing well. A lot of stuff's doing well. Like we went from one club to three. Um, I'm not making money from it, but I don't care. Like that wasn't the point to do it. It was the point to keep that business going so I'd still have time. And now I'm getting like this idea of how can I take all my interests and put them into one and kind of and 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 take these ideals and put them into one and how can i use the podcast to drive those goals and to mm-hmm. to drive that vision so that's what i'm working on man i'm still meditating a lot still doing headspace um i don't do you still do headspace no i just go for dog walks that's it huh yeah i just go for dog walks i realized that i realized really recently that's kind of is my meditation mm, that's good man yeah, I I, uh, I like going on walks too, but I like the I like that time to just sit and be still and deal with myself. And mm-hmm. I like and I like doing the yoga first to like get myself grounded and get myself into my body because I mm-hmm. think otherwise it's easy for me to just spend time up here in my head and just right. have uh, anxiety and yeah. I do this. like a, I do like a journal in the morning. Yeah, um, I need it. I need to start writing more. I need to start writing out a vision of what I want. Um, and then, yeah, ultimately, man, one thing I don't, I don't know if you've done this yet, but one thing we talked about because we read, yeah, I don't know if you remember, we read Lean Form. We're like, oh, we need operation manuals. Yeah. And then we were thinking about it, it's like, well, how the how the hell are we even operating? Like, we don't even know. Like, are we? This is our first year in business, so you know, let's take notes now. So, have you written your operation manuals yet? No, have you? No, but I need to. That's that's another call for next year. Operation manuals. How I would can have I something? I would have something a lot more. Um, if it wasn't just me, it's just me, man. I don't have to worry about it. I am the operation. <laughs> but eventually, like you want this to be a business, right? Um, right now I'm pretty happy having it just be solo me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As long as it pays my bills. Yeah. And stuff and gets me into winter where I can make my art and stuff. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty good right now that's that's true because you're not you're not doing farming in the winter time right yeah yeah i think it's um that's interesting man i didn't think about it that way yeah i'm trying to make this be a business um eventually i'm gonna have to move it out of my house which is interesting because i'm spending this money to make my house like this efficient thing but maybe i'll just move out of my house i don't know there's a lot of different options man i think that there's um i don't you know i want to stay in in the question of what box like i don't want to be locked in a box i don't you know i i don't i'm not trying to recreate the wheel but i'm also not trying to say 
this it can't be done this way like it's up to it's up to me to make that difference it's up to me to try to make something work um and i think that's that's like kind of my strong suit you know what i mean like i'm a i'm an entrepreneur and salesman i'm not i'm not really a farmer but i like i like the fact that i have a farm i like the fact that i still put my hands in the dirt i like the fact that i'm still farming you know what i mean and and i don't know if this is something i'm going to want to do the rest of my life but at the same time like it's definitely something that you know i there's no reason why capital city greens can't be around the rest of my life so i think that's 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 kind of it like i'm trying to make um i have to work on you know i have to i have to build a uh i want to build a um a crm of customers databases for restaurants what they order what their interests are stuff like that um and so what i need to do is kind of replace myself first in the business and then learn what rich does so then i can say to so rich and i can you know and i I had mike mccallowitz on again uh who wrote profit first he just released this new book clockwork and it's all about your business runs like clockwork you know your goal is and i've heard another guy um this dude uh i met him through mixed mental arts uh chris chris uh oh shit chris hansen no, no, not Chris Henson. He's uh, <laughs> he's a he's a dairy farmer in New Zealand. Um, okay. God, I'm sorry, Chris. I can't think of your name. Man, that's sound like an asshole. It's just been a long day. But anyway, so he was something he's trying to do too. Is he's like you know a thousand days taking a business to run from you running it to it running on its own. It's an income stream. So I'm trying to get on that page. Like I'd like us, you know, it was nice to send Rich camping this summer and go to the Midwest Peace and Liberty Festival. And, you know, hang out with, with a bunch of like-minded folks, um, you know, get rich out. He got to, he got to meet some cool peeps and, you know, meet like some, some podcasters that he's a big fan of. And, um, and so like, that was pretty cool. And, uh, but it'd be nice for us to both go. It'd be nice for us to say, Hey, we could either afford to, to take this week off or we can afford to do something. You know what I mean? And I think we haven't been to that point yet, man. Like we don't, we don't have you know, the margins are still pretty tight. I mean, there's always money that needs to go back into the farm to make, make things more efficient. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's not even like, a um, do I really need this greenhouse? Do I really need to upgrade this? It's more so like, you know, right now we're hustling and this, if we do this, we're not going to have to hustle as much. So things aren't running as clockwork as they need to. And so that's, that's, that's a big focus for me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And you can see the, uh, that's, winter production so we got so we got room for about two more shelves in there and then uh we're gonna have redo these this is where the that shelf behind me is gonna go out it's great for listeners because they can't see this this is supposed to be a video podcast but i couldn't figure it out huh. uh i might leave that audio part in just so people know what's going on but anyways man i think that uh I don't really have anything else to add. Do you got anything else to add? Do you have anything you want to promote? Anything like that? Promote your podcast. You still doing Stoic Metal and all that fun jazz? Um, yeah, I'm doing it. I keep. I'll do it till the end of the year, and then I'll wrap it up, and then just focus solely on YouTube. Cool. So, yeah, that's about it. Come catch me on YouTube if you want to follow along. If not, that's also cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna try to do these monthly. Um, and I'd like to start doing this stuff live on both uh, YouTube and BitTube which is a crypto thing um, just because I feel like uh, it's like a decentralized YouTube and YouTube's kind of making me upset. It's kind of hurt my feelings and triggering me. Um, 
But this is now part of the Value for Value network. We do not have affiliates anymore. So if you guys are a big fan of the Sample Hour and you like this content, all I'm asking for is a dollar a month, which is $12 a year. I think it's more than reasonable. So if you feel like this gives you that kind of value, great. If not, um, yeah, man, don't listen. I don't really care, right? <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> that's the, that's my sales pitch now, Scott. If you don't, if you don't listen, like then don't listen. You know, Unsubscribe. Stop listening to me. I'm just kidding. If you can't afford it, then don't worry about it. Um, and a lot of people, too, that listen to the show, they, they haven't given me a dollar a month, but they, they help me out in other ways. So I don't want to make it that. It's not that black and white. It never is. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Scott, you rock, man. It's good catching up with you again, man. Looking forward to doing yeah, this again soon. Nice talking with you again, too. I know. I miss your sexy face, especially now that you got it covered with that gross beard. Great beard. It's pronounced great. Great beard? Yeah, or or greasy. You could have also said greasy, greasy, greasy beard. Uh, You've been rocking that beard for like two years now, right? Yeah, I don't know a while. <laughs> it's been, yeah. Sometimes people will see me and they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, what's on your face? And I'll be like, what? It's are you a beard. About? What do you think like, it is? You think? It's... Well, I always think that they mean that I have something stuck in it because that happens quite a bit. Oh. So then I'm like checking my beard to make sure there's no stuff in it, and then they're like, oh, you got a beard, and I'm like, yeah, I've like had it forever. Yeah. <laughs> You can follow Scott on Instagram as well. It's at Flavorful Farms. Scott Hebert on YouTube. There will be links in the show notes. Thanks, guys. Boom.